Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's interview podcast. Our returning guest is Hersey Felder, who a lot of Chicago people know. Hello, Hersey. Hi, Tom. How are you? It's good to hear from you and see you again. Yes. it. it I have to ask you, after 4,000 performances and doing the composer's sonata, as you call them, doing the George Gershwin show and the Chopin and the Beethoven show, what got you to do the new show, Maestro, The Art of Leonard Bernstein? This was more about people asking me to do it than it was about originally my idea to do it. Um, theater owners all over the country who had seen the other works said, we would love to see you in the character of Leonard Bernstein. And I said, well, I'm not sure. I don't know what I would say. So on. And then um, eventually it came to me that there was a story to tell there, the one you saw last night. And uh, I decided to tell it, and it seems to be popular with the public. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's only been dead, what, 21 years, 1990? Yeah, 21, uh, yes, 21 years, yeah. And uh, so so now, uh, give us your, your approach, how you pick from a person's life story. I mean, there's the obvious, you know, the obvious parts of the story you have to tell, but I particularly like the way you chose to present this very complicated and, and and contradictory man? Well, I usually start with the music because that's pretty much what drives the whole thing. This was more complicated because it wasn't just one composer's music. It was lots of composer's music that he conducted, plus his own, and how to juxtapose the two together. And I think that was a secret, finding out how to tell the story with um, a myriad of um, choices of music, which was hard work, but eventually it was the stuff that touched him most was the stuff that I used. Yeah, and the I was particularly struck by the early uh, influence of his of his Jewish ancestry and and the father and and how all that played in. Well, in fact, it was very much so a part of his life throughout his entire life. And um, you know, I had to deal with it because if you look at even his works, even late in life, he's still dealing with religious issues. So I figured if we need to see that about him, we need to start at the very beginning and how the influence the influence came to be, which of course was his um, his father's uh, influence, you know, Russian immigrant Jewish influence at the turn of the last century. It's a very specific thing, and I wanted to bring that forth in order to lead into what was coming next. Well, you certainly did a great job uh, with it, and, and I love that so many fathers never want their their kids to be musicians. Isn't that amazing? Well, of course not, because, you know, you can't make a living. Oh, you know what they say, you can make a killing, but you can't make a living. Yeah. Well, I think you've done all right after 4,000 performances playing these these, these folks. Well, I keep on chugging along. What else am I going to do? <laughs> well, uh, so, let, so let's go on now. Now, uh, I, I didn't realize that, that uh, Aaron Copeland kind of shot him down when, when he wanted to become this, the, the next Gershwin after hearing Gershwin. Yeah. Tell us about how that came about. That's something well, I didn't know. He was friends with Aaron throughout his whole life. Aaron had great respect for him as a conductor and also believed that he could become the American conductor, which he did become. But Aaron was right about that. And I think uh, Copeland never really gave Bernstein the acknowledgement of being a great composer, largely because I don't think he thought he was one. So, you know, that must have been hard on Bernstein. Yet at the same time, they were very, very close friends. And and he didn't. He he told him he's the one that told him your stuff is derivative, right? Go. Well, I think lots of people told that to Bernstein, but I think what Copeland could be responsible for is telling Bernstein that he needs to study conducting. 
Yeah, and he really he took to it, didn't he? Well, you know, I mean, it was just such his thing. It was an expression of music. It's what he really, he was fascinated with this whole idea of being able to make music by, well, you know, lifting your hand in an orchestra. And, of course, all that goes into it. But, I mean, he really was a marvelous conductor. And a composer, a complicated man as a composer. And I think Popa knew that. And, you know, one always wants to push forth. But at the same time, I think it was it was complicated because he didn't quite have that natural gift the way the others had it. Yeah, and one of the riveting things about all your shows, but particularly this one, was the way you bring in not only the music, but you bring in the characters that, that were important in his life and how you, with your marvelous sense of acting chops and accents, are are able to present these, these people like uh, Dimitri Metropolis and uh, Fritz Reiner and some of the others. Tell us how that emerged. Well, it emerged from a way to tell the story. Bernstein was a storyteller. And if you look at videos of him, he's constantly trying to do accents. Now, some of them he's very good at, some of them not so good at. But by the same token, he was very much still a storyteller. So I said, if we're going to do it this way, then we can use all these techniques to tell a story the same way he did when he was alive. That's that's interesting. And I see the parallel in uh, in in your techniques. You you used these Bernstein techniques before he did, in uh, or not say before he did, but in your other shows. So so in a way, you're carrying on his tradition of teaching people about music and and what it means and so forth. Well, without him, there would be no career for me. You know, he really did set the path forth for people like me to have this kind of career in this country. And he was the instigator. He started off the whole thing. And uh, without him, you know, I don't know that we have audiences to be ready to listen to what I have to say. Well, that that's that's probably true because uh, the first time I saw you when you did the Gershwin show, uh-huh. uh, which you know, it's still you got to bring that back every few years just to give us that that joke. That guy, I'm five years older than the guy <laughs> was when he died. <laughs> that's true. Um, but what what uh, what you do with with again. Blending in the music. Uh, so tell us about that, because because I learned so much from music from you and from those uh, young people concerts on television. We I used to watch that and the, the old omnibus shows. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Well, I think the idea is to really just just teach the music to the people the way you would teach it in a music class. I think if you don't talk down to your public, you very much so teach like a music teacher and I think people are fascinated but the most important thing is people want to know they want to learn they want to be knowledgeable they want to feel smarter on the way out than when they went in yeah and you, that's a big deal yeah and and you do that plus you entertain us I mean that's I don't know anyone else that can do what you do because of your your not only your acting skills uh but your your tremendous piano work and your depth of knowledge of of music well thank you it's just you know, it's what I took on. It's a lot of fun, uh, but it has to be treated very seriously and done well. And if all that happens, then it should be. There's no reason why it shouldn't work. Yeah. When when you went into explaining about a love song using Maria uh-huh. and how you said that when Steve wrote that, uh, he never used the word love. Right. It's true. And then you went in and explained musically uh how how it worked that was just that was a great moment i i i thought i knew that song but i didn't until you made me see it and and feel it well that's very sweet of you thank you very much it's it's fun to be able to illuminate in that way 
Yeah, and uh, uh, also I thought it was brilliant toward the end of the story when when you were bringing up uh, all the contradictions in in Leonard's life uh, when you used the Wagner uh-huh. piece. I thought that was brilliant. Can you kind of explain it? Because some people may not get that. Like how here's this 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 uh, anti-Semitic uh, writer that that you use as as kind of a a way of explaining the contradictions in Leonard's life. Well, you know, that's exactly the point. Is he was so Jewish, he was so connected to that, and yet here he was in love with this musician who hated everything about him. You know, now I think that says so much about a wonderful contradiction about what it's all about. You know, and yeah, and, and doing it by playing his music. Uh-huh. See, the way well, you combine the the two is, I think, just has such a terrific effect. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things I dreamt up. This was, that was a dream. How to do that. I dreamt it up and I said, well, either it's going to be really great or really cheesy, but if it's really great, it will be really terrific. <laughs> well, I, th- I think it is, but it came to you from a dream, huh? Well, well, you know, a daydream, you know. Oh, okay. Thinking about how we could do this and there it is. And, uh, the other thing I, I really loved is the way you captured, uh, the, the, kind of the subtle disappointment all through his life when, when, uh, Leonard uh, wanted to be taken serious as a composer. Well, I think it's very true. I think it was um, something that he dealt with and did grapple with. We certainly know it from his friends and his family. So, you know, it's just, you know, when you create character, you have to take all the parts of the character and make them come to life, and that's what I love doing. Yeah, and you did it honestly. You didn't... uh you didn't yeah. sugarcoat, you know, you you explained warts and all about the man because he was human. Right. I think that's what makes it interesting for the public, you know. Well, yeah, and uh, we we've seen just like some of these propaganda pieces you see around that that uh that try and make somebody look like some something they're not. Uh like a lot of our politicians tend to do uh, well, every 4 years. Yeah, well, it's the way it goes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh but musically uh, explaining what what conductors do and and the the effects that that this man had, particularly as a teacher, mm-hmm. was was just amazing. Well, you know, he was he had a very powerful effect on the public, on the country, on the imagination, and he was a music superstar, the likes of which we don't have now. Yeah, and why do you think he was disappointed when? Uh, he realized that he was going to be defined as uh, the composer for West Side Story. Because I think he felt he had a lot more important things to say with other works, and that he was taking, you know, he was uh, basically, um, how do you call it, uh, loved for the one work that came easy to him, that was from his youth, that was early, that was sort of a hit, you know, he wanted to be taken for something serious for something seriously, and I think not that was hard on him. But I don't think he realized how he changed musical theater and how great the score really was. As, as you I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he cared. I think he really wanted, you know, to be a Beethoven, and you know, I don't know that being a Puccini was good enough for him. <laughs> That's all that kind of stuff. So. And it says a lot about artists. Sometimes uh, people with multi-talents like he had, because he was a great communicator and really had this need to communicate, uh, that that 
sometimes that's not enough. They always want, they always want something that maybe, you know, life is determined they're going to do something else, but they, they want what they can't get. Well, you know, aren't most people like that? A lot of people are. I don't want to say most because it's not true. But a lot of people have that. You, you always, the grass is always greener. You always want something you can't get or something you don't have a particular gift for. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think the idea is to be happy with what you do have and to take advantage of the gifts you do have. And I think he did that, but wasn't quite thrilled with the result. But he had this, this great uh, zest for, for life and for living and everything he did, he did kind of in an extreme, didn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, that was, that was him, you know. Uh, he, he, there was nothing done halfway. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you kind of alluded to, but I, I'm curious that you didn't go into more detail was the, the work he did for Israel, for the state of Israel. Well, there's only so much you can do yeah. in, uh, in an hour and 45 minutes. But by the same token, you know, he, it was important to him, but that's what it was. It was important to him, you know. And I don't know that there's anything to say this way or that way about it. It just was important to him. You know, okay. and he did it, and it comes from his Jewishness, and I think uh, that's where the value lies. Yeah, he was also uh, good friends with the Kennedys. Well, uh, yeah, well, he was friends with them. I, I don't know how good he says he was good friends, but who the hell knows? You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's true. Uh, so tell us how you how you approach this, because I know you're you wrote the story. How I approached it again, starting with the music and then trying to thematically get across all the things that I felt were very important about this man to tell. And, you know, these are it's a pick-and-choose situation. You pick and choose the information and you keep on going about it that way until you find the absolute way to tell the story. Yeah, the the uh, your brilliant use of music, uh, of the music that influenced him, uh, I thought really worked well because... Who else, I don't know anyone else that can tell stories in a, in a one-person show through music better than you can. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. And uh, I also noticed, and again, it was true last night on opening night, I have never seen anybody that can hold an audience's attention like you can. Right. Well, you know, I just do my best to try and, uh, you know, make sure they're paying attention to me and tell an honest story, and hopefully that you know, keeps us where we need to be for as long as we need to be there, <laughs> you know. It's it's really the only way to do it, um, just to tell an honest story honestly. But there's there's a connection that you make with the audiences. That, you know, I go to theater almost every night. I do over 300 reviews a year. And I have, again, I experienced it again last night. So did my young reviewer who's been with me just for a few months. He said he just couldn't, he could just feel the connection that you make with the audience. No one coughed, no one cleared their throat, no one opened a piece of candy. You know, you just you just had them in the palm of your hand. Well, that's that's the job. It's just what one must do, and you know, to pay attention and to do it to the best of one's ability. I don't know how it's done, but just to speak honestly to the audience. That's it. You know. Do you feel that too, right, from the audience? Well, I you know I I just feel that they're paying attention, and I'm doing my homework. That's it. You know. <laughs> Oh, don't, I don't know what else to do. You're you're downplaying it. Uh, well, I, maybe, but but I mean, I, it's not that I'm downplaying it. It's it's just what I do, you know. It's you know, it's, uh, could you imagine somebody tells tells you every day you're brilliant at this, brilliant at that? Well, it's what I do, <laughs> you know. 
it's it's homework. It's I have to be good. I have to be a hundred percent every day. So how, that's that's what I do. How do you keep up with it night after night and, and four performances on the weekend? That's the job. That's you know, that's where it's work, huh? That's the job, and that's what you do, and that's what you're expected to do, and you do it. You know, if you want, to, if one wants this job, that's what you got to do. Okay. So now let, let me ask you some some questions. How uh, this this show you ran the show in in L.A. Correct. Yes. And uh, you're going to be here in Chicago through the 30th at the of Royal George of December. Yes. yes. But I have a feeling it might it might grow some legs. Well, it's growing legs other places. I mean, it's already booked all over the place, so you know. Oh, I see. Once you leave Chicago, you're you're moving out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's going on. There's there's a lot of things. I can only stay for a period of time, which is um. You know, which is I love Chicago, so it's kind of sad. But by the same token, you know, this is this is the life I chose. Yeah, yeah. This uh, uh, so so keeping it fresh every night. Uh, it's it's so tightly scripted that that uh, I have a feeling that that you can't deviate too much. Is, is I don't deviate too much. That's also the job. It's very important to tell the story as it is. You know. Yeah, and uh, did you make a conscious decision not to do any sing-along like you did with the uh, what would we sing? Gershwin? Yeah, what would we? Yeah, sing that's that other than other than my, uh, than West Side Story. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know that we would say there's anything really to sing. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that. Uh, but uh, you you keep it at a, at an hour and forty five minutes. Uh, it's a complete show, and you completely tell a tell a story. And again, there's no rustling in the audience. I've been at 90 minute or 80 minute shows where people get up and have to hit the washroom or whatever. Oh no, no, nobody moves, and it's very cool that that's the case. But um, you know, I mean, if, uh, it goes back to the whole thing. You tell a good story, and everybody's there with you. Yeah, you you certainly do that. And uh, uh, tell us the role of of your director. He's my editor. He edits all the things to be as fine and finessed as possible and that's how we work i do the presentation he does the editing and uh we we uh do good work together i enjoy it very much so there's a there there's a real synchronicity there yes yeah have you ever now this is a crazy question but have you ever um tried to train anyone else to to do your shows no, I, I've tried and it doesn't quite work. It's just so specific to what I do. So maybe down the line somebody will come about. Yeah, because well, uh, we were talking about that uh, after the show, and I said, "Well, he could probably find an actor. He could probably find a singer. But where's at, where's he going to find someone that knows music and that plays as well as you and does all the things together?" Well, you know, again, we go back to the job. <laughs> It's um, you know, all I guess I mean I I know that um, this it kind of takes you and it's it's uh, it seems to be a big deal. But at the end of the day, what I'm really what I'm really looking at here is just crafting something that works as an honest story, using all the parts of what it is I know how to do to tell it, and that's really ultimately what the whole thing comes down to. Yeah, and what, one of the things that I liked that you did so well was when you went beyond Bernstein and talked about the looking for God that composers. Tell us about yeah. that, that composers are are really trying to do. Well, I think that's Bernstein's reflection on it, but I think, you know, you're trying to find that magic that exists in the ether, 
and to, um, you know, bring it forth. And that's, you know, what is that? It's the nature. It's to find nature, and nature exists in sound. And, and how do you bring it forth and make it as if it's always existed there? But the way you present it, uh, you, you make, um, you make music lovers. Thank you. That's very, very sweet. I appreciate it. And I appreciate it. And I said at the end of my review that I just posted, uh, a few minutes ago, uh, that if you have anyone in your family who aspires to be a composer or a musician, uh-huh. you've got to take them to see your show. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you to support in that way. But it, but it is because it, it, you know, it's a it's a motivational piece for for those people. You're you're telling them, do it, and and you're you're giving them some clues, and you're you're explaining to them, and giving them a feeling for the passion that you feel. All I can tell you is I try my best, Tom. I try my best. Oh, you, you do you do very well. Thank uh, you. How much of of this passion that comes out is so honest? It's it's got to be you because it's in all your shows that that. Well, it's it's. It, that's the job again. It's I, I believe in it. I believe that's what it is, and I I you know again I am a storyteller, and I do this because it's what's expected of me and what I have to offer. So it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know of course it's passionate, but it's it's not crazy passion. It's loving passion, and that's what I do. Yeah, it, it right. It isn't crazy. It isn't it isn't you know fanatical. It's no, it's it's, it's a loving passion, and and I think that's important. Well, anyway. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. It's always such a treat to see you and have your review and, and talk so nicely about stuff. Well, you know, this town loves you and I'm just I'm just an, uh, one I'm just one of your fans. <laughs> You're very sweet. Well thank you, Tom, and I look forward to reading your review and passing it around to all the friends. Uh I understand you ha you're working on a new piece called A Paris Love Story. Well that's that's soon. I'm not ready to talk about that yet. I don't have that in my uh I'm just working on it, so to speak. Okay. So I, I have homework to do still. Just a little bit. Uh, how long in general does it take you to put one of these shows together? At least a year. At least a year. That's To me, that's relatively quick. Well, maybe, but, you know. I mean, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a long, takes a long time. But it's a year until I get it up on its feet, and then uh another year until it's actually as good as I want it. So Okay, so it's a really a two year process before Well yeah, but I guess, yeah. And do you consider it as you said, you, you don't uh deviate from the script. So when it's finished, it's finished? Uh never really, but yeah, sorta. I mean, you know, I, I, I never stop looking at it. But um you know, once I, I sort of make it to where it needs to be, it's great. Yeah, it 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 seems to it seems to work out and and uh I know the reviews uh of the LA production and there's a cup there's a couple up uh from uh from last night already have been have been raving and and I think I think folks are really going to enjoy it. Uh it, let me give a little commercial for it. It's at the Royal George Theater. You do what Wednesday through Sunday? Uh yes, Wednesday through Sunday, correct. Yeah, and you do 7:30s I think uh Wednesday and Thursday. And eight o'clock on Friday, uh-huh. and Saturday it's uh, what? Uh, what time? Three and eight on Saturday, isn't it? Three and eight on Saturday. Yeah, correct. and two and five on Sundays. That's exactly right. And uh, 
folks, it's 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 a, it's a super treat. I I understand the sales have been have been real strong on the show. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. people like it. What can I tell you? Yeah, well, keep and you're in a, you're in a good town, and and hopefully the weather will 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 be nice, and uh, uh, you'll just keep up the good work. Uh, Thank you so I much. I cannot Tom. recommend the show enough, folks. And one last question. Yes. What would you say to someone who wants to be a musician? Just keep on working and never stop. And that's all there is to say. Just just keep at it. Huh? Keep at it. Keep on working. Keep at it. Yep. Well, that's, that's good advice. Thanks, uh, folks. Thanks for listening. And go see a play this week.